0: Have you ever wondered what Jesus would say if he could speak to you today? Join us on our podcast, A Weekly Message from Jesus, as I use my gift of spirit communication to bring you a channeled message from Jesus. The link is a weekly message from jesus.podbeam.com. His messages will bring you much happiness and guidance in your life.
1: So we
0: pray. <laughs> I want us to just personally ask God to touch our hearts, to speak to us personally, because there can be a message, but there will be different aspects that will touch our lives. We want to pray that, Lord, let this word transform us. Let it not just be a social gathering, but let us leave here having had a spiritual encounter with you. So talk to God, one-on-one, person-to-person, and believe that the Lord will touch you this morning. Lord, we want to thank you so much for this opportunity of coming together as laborers in your vineyard, of coming together as helpers meet that you have called, for coming together as people on whom you have put your call and your giftings. We pray that the word of God will be glorified. We pray that the word of God will not be demeaned. The word of God will not be cast aside. The word of God will not be rejected. But we pray that with meekness, we will be able to receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our very souls. I pray that every superfluity of naughtiness shall be put aside. And I pray, O God, that the word of God will penetrate our hearts, That the word of God will fall on good soil. That the word of God will yield much fruit with patience. Thank you for your anointing and for your grace. If it were not for your grace, where would we be? If it were not for your grace, Lord, I would not stand to proclaim the oracles of God. But your mercy and your grace has brought us this far. And for that, O God, we are grateful. And I pray, O God, that your anointing shall break every yoke. I pray that those that are under every bondage, every oppression of the enemy, every obsession, every heaviness, I pray that it shall give way, O oh God, to the Spirit of God. Thank you for answered prayer. Thank you that you do more than we have asked you for this morning. Thank you you do more than we have imagined. Thank you that you do more than we have thought of in accordance with your word. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Praise the Lord. I formally welcome all of you to our 2006 Lady Pastors and Pastors Wives Conference. Amen. I'm humbled by your presence. And I pray that, just like the Queen of Sheba, who traveled from afar, you will receive something greater than you came with. Hallelujah. And... um, The last time I was in um, Harvest Chapel to preach, I went with some of the gracious women, and the people asked me, how can women believe in you so much and come along with you when you are coming to preach and support you? And one of the people that asked me, so is it genuine? And I said, it's very genuine. But it it's just the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The devil knows that when women come together, it's powerful. So he always tries to make it impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So I welcome you all from all the corners of this earth. Amen. Amen. And um, we thank the bishop for making this meeting possible. Amen. Amen. And. Um, if you don't have a husband that encourages you, you can't go far. Or if you go far, you struggle a lot, like um, Maria Woodworth Etta. Whenever she traveled for the ministry, her husband was also doing his own thing. Amen. And at a point, he divorced and married somebody else. And then I think after a while, he passed on, he died. And God gave her another husband. And this one went with her to the ministry field and encouraged her and was an administrator and all that. I'm not saying you should pray that your husband would die. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But I'm saying that through much tribulation, we enter the kingdom. Amen. Today, I want to talk to you about your love life. Not necessarily the bedroom, but your love life amen as I was preparing to come here I was asking the Lord you know what is the greatest key to being in the ministry what is the greatest key to surviving as a pastor's wife what is the greatest key to making it as a Christian woman and the Lord said what would be your answer and when I looked through my own life I came up with the fact that it's his love hallelujah hallelujah Because without love, you will become very carnal. And without love, you will fight your battles on the carnal plane. And without love, you will become very ugly. Amen. Amen. And without love, you will give up on people. And without love, you will condemn people in your mind. And without love, your heart will never be healthy. And therefore, your relationship with God will always be affected. And without love, no ministry can go forward. And without love in the pastor's wife's heart, there can be much division in the church. Hallelujah. And without love, there can be strife and vainglory. Hallelujah. And women have a way of fighting without anybody knowing that they are at war. Amen. We don't have to say many words. We just have to be there. And the atmosphere is palpable. Yes. And you can see that the love walk has gone down. But the Bible says love never fails. It means that love always wins. Hallelujah. Amen. And I pray that the Lord will bless your life this morning. I want to start by talking about the attributes of love. Or the features of love. What are some of the things that define love? Shall we turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4? 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. And by the way, we'll be having a question and answer time. So. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. I'm sure that it's a popular verse. For some of us, it has become like a poem, but it's not something we live. But the Lord is working on us all. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Corinthians is not in the Old Testament. Amen, ladies. Love is patient. The King James Version says, Charity suffers long. Another version says, Love suffers long. So one of the tri- attributes of love is that it suffers. Amen. And when we say that love suffers, what does it mean to suffer? To suffer means that you experience pain. And therefore, it means that love is painful. Hallelujah. It doesn't say love can be. It says love is. And when is is used, it's a present continuous something. It's a state of being. Hallelujah. And the Bible says love is painful. When you are suffering, you are in pain. You can be in physical pain, emotional pain, mental agony, restlessness. When you are suffering, those are some of the things that you go through. Sometimes the suffering is from the pain. Maybe you are bleeding from a wound. And that wound is painful. And the more it bleeds, the more painful it is. And the Bible says love is painful. Love bleeds. Love suffers." Hallelujah. But that's not what we read in our Mills and Boone books. That's not what we see on African movies. We don't see that love suffers. That's why many of you, when you married and you were suffering, you were surprised. Because you didn't know that love suffers. You hadn't learned it. You thought that love, what? It's romantic. Love is soft. Love is kind. All those things are true. But love suffers. Is something that we haven't learned. And even when we have learned it, we have not received it. We have not accepted it in our hearts. And that is why when your husband says, I can't believe that somebody can behave like this. That is why when your pastor disappoints, I can't believe that my pastor would treat me like this. But if we will remember from today that love suffers, we will say, oh, there goes love. When you see suffering, you've seen love. Amen, ladies. Lady Pastor, this is not a very nice pill to swallow for all of us. Nobody is immune from pain and from suffering. But if you don't suffer, then it's not love. Hallelujah. Every relationship will be tested. It's just a matter of time. Hallelujah. Some people feel, oh, we are so close. They're inseparable twins. Even identical twins can be separated. Amen. And what will cause suffering? Suffering comes from the conditions around us. Suffering comes from the pressures of life. Suffering comes from our carnality and our humanness. And suffering comes from other people. And so in the ministry, you will suffer because you love. Amen. And I think that if you're a pastor's wife, you shouldn't just see your marriage as something done by the government of Ghana. Oh, they just gave us a marriage register we signed. And the side, I mean, the side thing is that we are just Christians. But I want you to see that being a helpmeet is a calling. And I want you to know that being a helpmeet is something that God will judge you about. Because everything God calls you to. He will judge you. The Bible says that he will judge us according to that which has been done in the flesh. Everything that we have done. So God will call you up and say, okay, help me to come up. Now show me the aspects in which you helped. Oh God, I really helped to pull down. I didn't really help to build. Hallelujah. We should not see our calling as, oh, just something tried, something ordinary. So marriage. I met my husband myself. And I fell in love myself. He also fell in love himself. And we decided to be together. You know? So God should not bring himself. It's our own idea. But it's God's idea. Hallelujah. And if you are in the ministry, your heart will be broken many times. And broken heartedness produces suffering. And when your heart is broken... Uh, Even if you mend it, you decide that, you know, this heart is a very delicate thing. I would not like it to be going through unnecessary trauma. So let me build a wall around it so that I will protect my heart. But when the Bible says, guard your heart, it doesn't say, guard your heart against the people who hurt you. It says, guard your heart because out of it are the issues of life. Issues, not people amen issues are different from people hallelujah you may have had an issue with somebody so guard your heart from the issue tainting the wellspring of life which is your heart but don't guard your heart from that person who initiated the pain because the person is just fulfilling prophecy that love suffers and the person is just showing you that God's word is true hallelujah some of you sit here, maybe you haven't suffered before. But if you haven't suffered, then probably you haven't also ventured out to love. And if you haven't suffered, you probably have stayed in your comfort zone. But sometimes, even when you are in your comfort zone, trouble comes to you. See, so when I was a younger Christian, I felt that, oh, if you are very peaceful, you keep your heart well, you mind your own business, trouble doesn't come to you. Because you are peaceful, you know. But I found out that things just come to you no matter how peaceful you are. And how will we know you have love if your love is not tested? The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So the love is there. It's been shed abroad. But for it to manifest, suffering is one of the things that God may use. Like you heard last night. Joseph had to demonstrate love for his brethren. And in the account, the Bible says many times Joseph wept. Anytime time he remembered he wept. But this time he wept not out of bitterness and out of revenge, but he wept out of all that he had been through and where God had brought him to. And the Bible says that when Joseph's father died, the brother said, now that our father is dead, Joseph's manifestation is going to come fully. He is now not going to treat us well because they were not sure of his love. But the love was genuine and so it survived. And he suffered because he loved. Amen. And you too, you will suffer because you love. Sometimes you pour out your whole life into a sheep. Sometimes 3 a.m. You are asleep. Your phone is ringing. Your baby has been crying. You get up. Yes, hello. Oh, Lady pastor, I'm having this prayer. Oh, let's pray. Be encouraged. The Lord is with you. Let me share a verse from Psalm 127. The Lord is my lad and my son. Psalm 27. You do all that. And the person calls her down. Lady pastor, my husband has thrown my things. I say, oh, wait a second. I'll be there without making breakfast for your husband and running through various problems you are there so don't do that the bible says you know don't go about it this way and uh, all that and you think to yourself now that i've poured myself out they're really going to love me they're going to really appreciate me you know and they're going to really see what i've done but even god he kept telling the people of israel when that build goodly houses When you are well fed, remember. And why? He says, lest you forget. Forgetfulness is part of us. It is our nature. Hallelujah. And when things happen, we don't remember. Amen. Amen. And that makes love painful. Because you give of yourself. Sometimes you even overextend yourself. And if even you won't say thank you, it's okay. But don't destroy me. Some people will not say thank you. And beyond that too, they are destroying you. And because you too, you don't know that love suffers. See, is that how human beings are? I, I can't believe it. I, this life. First, first Corinthians 13 verse 4. Love suffers. And not only does it suffer, it suffers long. Who wants to suffer long? Who loves to suffer long? Our bodies are not made for suffering. That is why when something chucks you, a knife, you react. You know? When I went to Switzerland to have David, and labor pains came on. You know, you read the books and things. Oh, labor is this. Oh, we'll survive. But when the labor comes on properly, you see that it's not easy. And the... French-speaking Swiss midwife was sitting by me. So I was asking the midwife, is that how it is? Is it painful? Is that how it is? Then the contractions will come and pass. I'll do this. Then it will let up a bit. And at a point, my husband said to me, "Ah, your pain is not real. (laughs) In the midst of the pain, is that the time to speak? Your pain is not real. I was so shocked. Why do you say that? So, if you are in real pain, you would not speak French. <laughs> you will speak your mother tongue. But now you say the penible, c'est penible, it's not real. But I said, Father, forgive him, for he knoweth not what he says. Hallelujah. I'm trying to say that our bodies react to pain. And that makes you shout. It makes you scream. Some of you, you misbehave in the labor world. Why? Because you are suffering. And so there's a temptation when we are walking in love to respond to suffering. And usually we respond to suffering in the wrong way. Things that you wouldn't do in normal life when you go into the labor world. You do some of you, you strip, you throw your clothes somewhere. Sometimes you are very dainty, you know, but when you go to the gynecologist, it says, remove this, remove that. Under normal circumstances, you wouldn't do that. Go through all these painful things. The human body is not fashioned for suffering and that is why we react. To suffering, And that is why we fight the spirit of love that God pours in us because we react to what we are going through. We react to the, pe- the consequences of people's actions. We react, you know, there's an action that we also give a reaction because your flesh cries out and your flesh doesn't love to suffer. Even Jesus Christ, the son of God, who was there from the beginning, who knew the outcome of his death, He told God, if it be possible, let this pass. How? He had already preached and said, that destroy this temple in three days. I'll build it up again. So he knew the outcome. But still, when it came to suffering and the flesh, he said, I may know the outcome, but the process is too painful. If it's possible, let it pass. And many of us women dwell so much on our suffering that we sabotage love. We dwell so much on our suffering that we stifle the love walk that God has prescribed for his people. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we have to go beyond our five senses. Amen. Amen. Even when you shout, "penible," Still walk in love. Even when you shout, Ouch! Still walk in love. Even when you shout, hey, Jay, How do you say it in God? Hmm. It's tree. Uh, AJ is tree. And AJ is gone. Okay. It's borrowed. (laughs) Because AJ is a tree name. (laughs) You know, so even when we shout, we react to the pain and all that, it's okay. But don't let the pain determine how you behave. Hallelujah. Most of our marriages are suffering because we don't know that love suffers. We feel that we should be special. We should be above what God's word has said. And, I mean, some of us, if we had known that this is what marriage entails, we would have told God, this road, like Jesus, I can't walk. You may say that the outcome will be good, but I'm sorry. I cannot walk on this road. And many of us have um, accounts, savings accounts, credit accounts, Save deposits, long term investment of things that have been done to us. And I believe that this morning God is saying, Your love walk. It's not that the person is right, but it is that you need to go on. If you suffer and you stop to nurse your wounds, life passes you by. Because you waste time looking at the wound. How did it come? How can I protect myself? How can I preserve myself? How is this wound? What happened? You toss it over and over. You don't progress in your love walk. Hallelujah. Amen. But this morning, I believe that God is healing hearts here Amen. and helping us to go beyond. The next thing is that love can grow cold. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Love can grow cold. Is it true? 1 Peter chapter 1. He's where you get there, read it for us. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So if love can be fervent, then love can also be dormant and cold. Alright? Let's go to Revelations chapter 2 verse 4. But I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, and repent, and do the deeds which you did at first, or else I'm coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place. Amen. The Lord says, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Not that you don't love anymore. But your first love... It's not the same. How many of us know that first love is different? Hallelujah. First love is very pure. First love has wild expectations. First love doesn't know that love suffers, you know? First love has not been tested and tried. Amen. Amen. But we are still supposed to keep the quality of our love even after we have been tested and tried. And for that, I feel that many of us will fail that test because of the different adjustments and positions in our lives and in our hearts, we don't have our first love. Our first love for God has also sometimes diminished because we asked him for something. He didn't give it to us. We pray that he will heal somebody. He didn't heal the person. We brought prayer topics to him. He didn't answer or sometimes we got too busy with ourselves. That we forgot that he was our first love. Some of us, we have replaced our first love with ourselves. Some of us have replaced our first loves with our husbands. But our first love must go to Jehovah. Hallelujah. Say that, see to it that you love one another with a fervent love. See to it. It means that it's something that you can easily overlook. It's something that you can be very casual about but see to it. Hallelujah. Turn to the person sitting next to you and say, see to it. Hmm. Amen. Do not allow your love to grow cold. Can love grow cold? Another thing is that love can grow. It's only the negatives. Love can grow. Love has the ability to grow. Philippians 1 verse 9. Love has the ability to grow. Philippians 1 verse 9. Before we read that, I still want to dwell on 1 Peter 22. It says that since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. Amen. It doesn't just say fervently love one another. But fervently love one another from the heart. Because you can love from your mind. You can love from the surface. So mentally, I'm just supposed to be nice to her. I'm just supposed to flow. I'm just supposed to. But fervently love one another from the heart. The real seat. The real you. The spirit man. Love from that place. And not from other places. Amen. Some of us, we are not also confrontational. So our hearts have changed, but we are going through the motions. So when people see us, they don't know that they have been demoted in love. (laughs) Because everything looks the same. But the Lord is purifying us this morning. Amen. Philippians 1 verse 9. Are we there? Those of you who don't like reading the Bible, I'm sorry. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. I think King James says, in wisdom and all judgment. Hallelujah. So love is something that can grow. Love can grow cold, but it can also grow. It means that when you start to love, the proportion you may start with is not necessarily what you will end with. And that if we will allow ourselves, our love can grow. And it is something that Paul prayed for the Philippian church. And you and I can pray for it as a topic. That, oh God, that my love may abound. That my love may increase. And it says that as you are exercising that love, let it grow in wisdom and all knowledge. Another version says discernment. You must be able to discern, and we'll come to that. Because some of us, in the name of love, we break every boundary, every limitation. So It's love. You know, you are carrying food to that married man every time. And you say, oh, it's brotherly love. It's continuing. Amen. The Bible says here that let love increase in knowledge and in wisdom. You use wisdom when you are loving. And you use knowledge of what God has taught you. the, The parameters of God's love and all that is part of it. And you use that to increase in your love. Hallelujah. Some of you in your marriages, you have decreased. In your love. Some of you in your ministry, you have decreased in your love for God, the love for the sheep, the love for God's work is a decrease. There's no increase. Your love for God is not abounding. From my personal experience, I feel that the more you walk with God, the closer you walk with God, your love for God will increase. It's a natural thing. Because the more you walk with him, the more he reveals himself to you. And the more you walk with him, the more you see his love. And you yourself, you respond to that love. So if your love is not increasing, perhaps you are also a very shallow Christian. When I say shallow, I don't mean that, oh, you just don't know verses. Because some people know verses, but they are love walk. They are midgets in their love walk. That's why the Bible says that, if you move heaven and earth you give your body to be bent you are wild you are prophetic you know about things to come and things and you don't have love you are nothing so you can do all these mighty works and still not be a lover of god or a lover of people or a lover of the brethren that your love may increase in all knowledge and wisdom amen Love can be pretentious. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It says, let love be without dissimulation. Does anybody have amplified? Romans 12, verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Amplified. Amen. Let your love be sincere. Is that what he says? And this one says, Let love be without hypocrisy. There's too much hypocrisy in the church of God. There's too much pretentiousness. Because we've been Christians for some time, so we know how to behave. But in our hearts, we are stabbing people fully. Let love be without hypocrisy. King James says, let love be without dissimulation, simulating. You are behaving as if, appearing as if. So, love can be pretentious. Love can be insincere. Love can be hypocritical. And the Bible says, let love be sincere. It means that it depends on you if love is going to be sincere. Let, permit, allow love to be sincere. Hallelujah. Let love be without hypocrisy. In the church, we all wear masks and we are not real now I was asking myself, what makes us unreal? Sometimes it's the inability to confront issues. And so we have to pretend, because we cannot call the sister and say, you know, this thing that you did, I don't appreciate it. And it really hurts me. And I feel that because of that, my love work is being tempted. I'm under major temptation, serious temptation, so please... I don't want any problems. I want God to hear my prayer. Let this go. And then if you say, you expect the sister to be like a lamb and to agree with everything you are saying. And so when she does it, then you also say, eh, if you also think, then we all think. Oh. The thing becomes worse than it was at the beginning. Hallelujah. The Bible says, man looks at the outward. That's the hypocrisy, the mask. What looks, but God, he looks on the heart. And that is why God rejected Saul because he was looking at the heart. And that's why he rejected the other brothers of David because to the man of God, the brothers were good. Good for kings, the ones that God had anointed. He hadn't even thought that there was any other child anyway. So the fact that the man of God approves of you Doesn't mean that we can see your heart. Amen. You may be a shepherd, very busy. You are moving here, you are going. He's such a good shepherd. No love. But when we see you, you look so serious, so loving, so gracious, gracious woman. And yet there's no love. And someone comes with his horn. He's even ready to anoint you. But for God's intervention. But man's endorsement does not last long. Let us seek for God's endorsement. Hallelujah. And what is hypocrisy? Hypocrisy is behaving as if something is when it isn't. And the Bible says that love must be sincere. And because we don't want to confront issues, number one. Number two, we want to force our views on people. When we confront them. Maybe you say, Oh, the way you behaved, the way you talked, I didn't like it. Then the sister says, well, that was not my intention, you know. Me, that's how I speak. So if you're offended, sorry. Then you get very angry because you wanted her to come like the Lamb of God. She said, oh, yes, the way I spoke was not right. You know? But I have learned that even if I don't see the other person's view, I love to step in the other person's shoes to say that. This is not what I meant. But if it's this is the effect it has had on you, then I'm sorry. Hallelujah. But many of us have become prosecutrixes, prosecutors. And we are dissecting issues. Little by little. We have become historians. 1956, you did it. 1957, 58. Now 2000, millennium two, You are still doing the same. <laughs> And because we don't want to bring trouble in the church, trouble in courts, we just become hypocrites around. And if love is to be without hypocrisy, it also means telling the truth to ourselves. Because when we tell the truth to ourselves, it will help us to be truthful with others. The Bible says "Lie not against the truth. Sometimes the Holy Ghost is the truth, showing you that this thing that you do, it's not good. These lies that you tell, it's not good, but it's, oh, it's not lies. It's just defense. (laughs) Oh, it's not lies. I meant something else. The most difficult person to judge is yourself. The Bible says, if we judge ourselves, we'll not be judged by any man. Hallelujah. And because we don't judge ourselves also, we don't become better. And then we just continue in the hypocrisy. And so the church is not a real place. If you have a problem you are not sure whether your sister loves you i should go and tell her so that she will broadcast it everywhere it will be on sunny choice Adam, everywhere why because the love is not real and because it's not real it doesn't invite you to be real with somebody else amen because you know that as i'm going to say this is my problem it will even be translated and mis- misinterpreted and I may even be reported for what I said. Meanwhile, that's not what I meant. Sometimes people have even shared jokes with their friends, and then the friends have turned it into something say, so, Oh, she even said this about you. And maybe you, you don't have uh, influence. The friend has influence, she has spoken. Like Potiphar's wife. He made passes at me. Even look at his clothes in my hand. What other evidence do you need? There are certain things that you can't fight for yourself. Only God can fight for you. And when he fights, his ways too are different. It always hurts me that Potiphar's so wife never came and, you know, bowed down before Joseph and said, Forgive me, I lied. Oh, today that you are king. It never happened. <laughs> That's God's way. And I feel that if I were Joseph, I would be looking to clear my reputation looking to clear my name so that everybody will believe and know that this thing was a lie. But that's not God's way. What he does is that he honors you so much that your shame is covered. But he doesn't always deal with your shame. Hallelujah. And the hypocrisy and the talkings. With that, women divide churches. Women divide France. Hallelujah. And we are not real with people. And such so that we don't even like people who are frank. We like people who are diplomatic. Yeah. You know this thing that you did. And my husband was telling me, you must preach about how to entertain guests. I said, "Well, I've preached about it." Really? I said, "Oh yes, that's the woman of warmth." So, what is warmth? <laughs> is it welcoming people? Or is it warmth in the bedroom? Why do you use such expression? How to entertain guests? Finished. <laughs> <laughs> I say, a woman of warmth is like it's everybody and their staff <laughs> and their approach. So when the woman of warmth person is coming to talk to you, even what she's saying, you see but you don't see. But the how to entertain guests, it will tell you as it is. <laughs> And sometimes you don't like that, but sometimes that's the greatest lover because the person will never speak behind you. What he thinks up front, he tells you. Hallelujah, and it helps you to face the truth. But the tactful phlegmatic people say, the last time, you know, I, I, something, I went through something when you said something, and uh, there's something that I experienced that was in some place, very painful. We don't know what you are talking about. The Bible says, if you bring your gift to the altar and you have ought against your brother or your brother has ought against you, go and settle it before you come. But we bring our gifts all the time. We bring our tithes all the time because we pretend and we, 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 even push the thing away in our, in our head so much so that a point is not part of our thinking and the conviction of the Holy Ghost is lost completely on us. And women are good hypocrites. The men cannot read us. The Bible says about the strange one, her ways are intractable. Intractable means you can't really see. Because when they are in our midst, we are very sweet with each other. Shakespeare says there's daggers in men's mouths. They are smiling they their swords. But when they are there, we are so nice. Oh, Sister Sandra, praise Jesus. And then when they observe, oh, such a nice sister. A sweet sister. You take us home and see. (laughs) Hallelujah. But if we are ourselves, we wouldn't need to pretend anyway. They wouldn't need to say, oh, pastor is coming. but then you put on your garb. The people that you want to think well of you are coming. So you put on the garb. But when it's left with you and I, we will see. It doesn't help. Hallelujah. Let's learn to graciously bring our problems. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another, that you may be healed. Why does it say that? It presupposes that in every situation, both of you are wrong. Somebody may be 80% wrong and 20%, but both of you are wrong. That's why you confess your faults one to another. Amen. Amen. But because we don't confess our faults. When you confess your faults it loses power over you when you confess your faults to your husband it loses power over you somebody said my husband when i come to apologize he changes where he sits he adds more cushions to it, so that you go higher create a throne a real life story and then he crosses his legs so that he'll be higher from where she is i said uh-huh so what are you apologizing <laughs> what are you apologizing about so what happened last time i'm so what happened so what are you sorry about you know and i remember that sometime in my own life i'll come and teach my husband well i'm sorry for doing this then you look for the side of me. for what exactly <laughs> Oh, what happened yesterday? I think I should have gone about it in a better way. Which better way? I mean, why all these you'll be dying? So I decided that I'll just confess to God and leave the rest. Because as I'm coming, interrogation, cross examination for what? So what can you do better? Oh, yeah, I shouldn't have gone about it that way, or I shouldn't have described it that way. So, next time, will you... Hey! Small sorry that I've come to say. It has become a whole convention. I don't need that. It takes humility to walk. And sometimes when you are saying sorry, in your head, at least in my case, sometimes I know that it's not that I am the only wrong one. But I've just decided to be gracious. Then now you have taken your are you asking me what way? What better way? Next time, how will you do it different? And
1: what is all this? Hey, it's Jermaine from the Healing Time Podcast. Listen, I know you may not need this, but I know you know somebody who's broken, somebody who has lost hope, somebody just down and out. Tell them that the Healing Time podcast is here. It is a new day. Let's get better together.
0: And so sometimes along the negotiation that we say, but you too, you did then the whole <laughs> the whole thing because is smart. Hallelujah. That is why in law there's a subject called negotiation. Because you have to learn it. How to negotiate. Hallelujah. And when I preach on, I, I mean not today but I've preached on the woman of good understanding. I have taught about the steps for negotiation. How to negotiate your way out. And sometimes, when the person says, So, what will you do differently from, yeah? You say, Lord, I'm just being humble so that you will lift me up. You You have to look unto Jesus. Otherwise, you can't. Amen. If you look at mine, I said, I'm now going so that there will be a whole sermon for praise and worship, offering and everything. I'm not going. And it makes love become with hypocrisy. I'm not saying that everything can be solved. There are some problems that can be, cannot be solved. And we'll come to the key of acceptance. There are certain problems that cannot be solved. Nobody is perfect and anybody can hurt you at any time. And often, that is God's cross that he allows you, your cross that God allows you to carry. So that you will die to self. Because the love work makes you die to self. So love can be insincere, and love can be hypocritical. And in order not to be hypocritical, we have to face issues. We have to also learn to leave things with God and know that we cannot solve every problem. Sometimes you have solved the problem in the main, but you want to talk about details, women, you know? So um, how were you thinking before you did? Because you want to preempt it happening again. So you feel that if I correct the thinking process of the person, then it won't happen again. You have made yourself a personal Holy Ghost. You are working in the person both to will and to do of your good pleasure. But there must be a point where the Bible says that the beginning of strife is like the letting out of water. You see, when you leave a tap on, it doesn't flood immediately. The place floods gradually, just that you are asleep, so you don't see. And before you know your carpets and everything, then there's a flood. So the beginning of strife is like the letting out of water. It comes coolly. Water is noiseless. But it's a strife. It says cease from strife before it becomes a dam. That's what the Bible says. And we have to learn that too. If love is going to be here without hypocrisy. When we accept people as they are, and we accept that love suffers, when somebody is coming, you say, here comes suffering. Amen. When you see the bridegroom at a wedding, oh, here comes suffering. When you see the bride, oh, here comes, suffering. Here comes love. Here comes suffering. And so when you expect that, you will not be too heartbroken. And when you expect that, you will not give people too high a marking scheme. But you know that people are human. Even sometimes they have the best of intentions, but we still fail. Peter said, I'll never leave you. Betrayal, far be it from me. And he meant it. And when Jesus said that the cock will not crow twice and you will deny me thrice, your denial is more than the crowing of the cock. Three against two. And in spite of the fact that Jesus was the son of God, Peter was arguing with him because I believe in his heart, he felt that he will never leave this man. And he followed him right to the courtyard. He didn't just say, Papa, I go along. He tried to defend him by cutting that ear. After that, he followed him right into the courtyard. How many disciples were there? But he was there. But when push came to shove, and the little maid came to say, ah, are you not the one who... I said, this, this is not easy. And his humanness came up, and he, he, he denied Jesus. So let's look at the humanness of each other. It will help us to be more accommodating when you see that somebody is human and frail and that the person may have the best of intentions but the person will just fail sometimes we will all fail sometimes not everything is under your control such as you go to a party you've eaten you are very happy and your stomach starts to run it's not under your control it was not your intention you are now out of control when you didn't intend to be out of control so it is with our walk with the Lord There are times when things are out of our control And we just try to manage it Love Can be pretentious Amen Amen. Love can Discontinue Hebrews 13 verse 1 Love can Discontinue Hebrews 13 verse 1 I hope the Holy Spirit is doing a work in your lives Amen Hebrews 13 verse 1 are we there hebrews is not in the old testament please we beg you let brotherly love continue amen let brotherly love continue it means that love can be discontinued john 15 verse 9 and then john 13 verse 1 okay so hebrews 13 1 and then we are also in john 13 one. Are you there? John 13. Love can be discontinued. Or lack can discontinue. Now before the feast of the Passover, John 13 1, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he should depart out of this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end it means you can love but not love to the end but jesus loved them to the end the sheep in the church the souls that jesus shed his blood for he loved them to the end even up to now and we too must love people to the end we shouldn't love them only when they are good we shouldn't love them only when they are lovable. When you love somebody when he's lovable, you are just like an unbeliever. But when you love somebody when he doesn't deserve your love, you have become like Christ. He loved them to the end. Hebrews 13:1. let brotherly love continue. John 15, verse 9. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Continue or abide in my love. So you can discontinue God's love. You can step out of God's love. Jesus having loved them, loved them to the end. What is it that doesn't make us love people to the end? We become emotional casualties. We have accidents on the road of life. We have disappointments on the road of life. We experience betrayal on the road of life. And as we go through all that, our love begins to want to discontinue. Amen. Amen. You see, you never love if your love has not been tested. Don't tell me, oh, I'm so full of love for the brethren. If the brethren haven't tested your love, then your love is not a mature one. But love matures under trial. And love grows. Hallelujah. Let's allow brotherly love to continue. In many churches, brotherly love has stopped. People come to church, they have an attitude, they have a mind, they look in a way, they are not happy, they are making comments in their heads, they are angry with the pastor so that his word they cannot even receive it. And some of you wives, you are discontinuing in love on Sunday mornings. Your husband preaches insults in your head. Your eye. Look at what he's telling the people. As if he does it. He shouldn't bring himself here this morning. Some of you, we thank God that your husbands don't have a pulpit ministry. Because if they did, it will not be easy for them. Your mouth will be like from here to the sea as the minister, but love is irrespective of how we feel. And that's why love suffers. You will suffer on Sunday morning to listen to the person who has hurt you so badly. And after he has hurt you and come to stand in the pulpit, he won't also concentrate on his preaching. He's coming to use you as a window. <laughs> Amen, ladies. is coming to use you as a window. You know, the week before last, I think every Saki was preaching, he said, As for me, when my wife offends me, so when he came, I said, what about when you offend you? I said, oh, it's not part of the preaching. It's <laughs> not part of the preaching. So it's always when their wife offends them, and now what they do, and, and remember, you're already coming from home with your wounds. So as you see, there, he me, I'm not impressed. What's all this? I, mean, I don't hear any word as I'm sitting here. Even some pastors' wives, they even leave that branch to go to another branch. And some of you, you are here. It's just that because of mercy, I won't call you. Some of you say, lady pastor, how could my husband has, have been appointed as a pastor? He doesn't deserve to be able to look at his behavior. And you have made him a lay minister, made him a pastor. Are you God? The Bible says that who are you to judge another man's servant? Before God he stands or falls. If God wants him to fall, it's up to God. Not up to you, but some of you. You say you even call by his side, you won't come because the man misbehaves. And says a man, every day she's talking to the woman. What about the men? Hey. <laughs> we have a covering. Our covering is the men. Hallelujah. And I'm encouraging my husband, go for it. Have a men's meeting. It will work. It will whatever. So where will I put it on my schedule? And then he said to me, okay, if you plan it for me, then I'll do it. We are getting there. Hallelujah. But I have seen as a wife that, or a lady pastor, that when you deal with yourself, your problem becomes easier. And when you are busy dealing with somebody else. Amen. some of you say, my husband is a branch pastor. Every time he preaches, I just get angry. So I'm going to Apache. You are here. I know you. You are here fully. <laughs> and so now you there. You are in Apache. Not because the Lord led you there, but you have led yourself there because this covering you can't receive from under that. But if we were all to behave like you, who will stay in their church? <laughs> have you ever thought of that? If we, also, we are also not coming because this morning we've been angry. We have, why? Whenever pastors or ministers are going to preach, the Saturday night is not an easy night in the house. Amen. Things that even don't concern you, they're angry about. I think it's their own pressure that they don't have anybody to <laughs> extend it to. So you are the closest, so they just put it on you. But you really haven't done anything. And great men like Derek Prince and Co. said that. Their wives have learned to stay out of their way, you know? And I have learned when they're very grumpy and, you know, they're catching it. When, when you open the study door to say them, it's like the look is this way. Why do you even bother? Be happy where you are. <laughs> Amen. But all that affects our love work, And then we don't deal with it. Because God is not really Lord of our lives. He's Lord of certain areas. But not a lot of our emotions. If I feel like this, you will pay the price. You have become a shylock. Amen. You want your pound of flesh at all costs. So you come into the church, and then you have also made your mouth. When they crack a joke, you won't laugh because. As with this, they don't amuse me. <laughs> After you have put soap all over the bathroom, flooded the place, so that I have to wipe it before coming to church, you are now coming to say, husband, love your wives. I won't even listen. But when your husband steps on that podium, he's a man of God. Forget about the marriage relationship, because as you are in the church, you will be decreasing spiritually, and other people will be coming up and being blessed. And you won't know that that's Satan's way of not making you grow. Hallelujah. And you say, I won't come to church again. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of some. As the habit of some, God knew that some of you, will be your habits. Amen. And when you also are preparing to preach, there's most, small more preachers. Do you see the tension you come under? Hey, you shout at the children. I don't like that. It should remind you. You should stop in your tracks and say, ah, this is the pressure my husband goes under. But because you have never preached before, some of you. So when he's praying you are now bringing a Ben kwang No. I just say, that tap has done this. And this is because you don't know. What preparing to preach is about? And then when he reacts, you get angry. You know, one one person's wife said to me, she was sick. Oh, very sick. Her husband came from outside. What's wrong? With hey, I have a headache. I feel cold, you know? It's very difficult. I can't cope. So, oh, yeah. Then their phone rang. Hey, sister, this, what's wrong with you? Oh, malaria. So have you been to the hospital? Oh, okay, I'm coming to visit you now. So he hung up and he went to visit the sister. So when he came back home, the wife said, really? Am I also not a sheep as I'm in this house? Am I not a sheep, it, my pain? You didn't even say, take parasita, but you are busy going on visitation. So she faced it, but she said not so much. So she left it at that. It was a Saturday. When she went to church on Sunday, the husband was preaching, hey, my wife, yesterday, when I went to visit her sister, <laughs> he said that he said, something went through me like a dagger. I couldn't sit, something. I left and I went home to wait for him. How many of you know that when you are waiting, you prepare a lot of things? <laughs> Wait for him. It's a true story. And then when he came, her teasers were ready. This is about me. In fact, I will not use anything. To say I didn't say. I gave it to him fully. My husband was so surprised. He says, "Okay, so this is one sermon. So how many Sundays are you going to continue to face issues? You will get weary." You have to leave everything to God. The Bible says about the virtuous woman that let her works praise her. I believe that when you walk with God, God will let your works shout and your works will praise you. And it's also a love walk to love the unlovable husband at that time who has said bad things about you. And to love God more than you love yourself just so that you don't come and pout and sulk and Be facing people, even the sister who was visited, she didn't say you should come. Then you see her, you you don't want to talk to her, you want to face, she never had any hand in it. And in our emotional things, we don't have good judgment. We just manifest. When we finish, we sit and say, ah, how did I get here? (laughs) One person, so I have life story. She called the person and said, you know, she was giving out things for follow-up or whatever. And then she had told the girl, you see? I want to tell you that no matter what you do, my husband will never be interested in you. She, she called the church member and said, and a lot of emotional pressure, look, let me tell you. Then after she called the girl and said, I'm sorry for what I said. <laughs> I didn't mean what I said. Then she hung up. Then she went to church on the Sunday she was giving up forms for follow-up and the girl was in the group. but the girl had also gone to sit in a corner somewhere. So she shouted in the church to the girl, "Eh." When I'm sharing the things, you won't come for it, isn't it? Wait, when my husband comes to share it, then you come for it, okay? How many of you know that everything is false? And after that, she was crying. Oh, you see, that's not what I meant. Emotions. Leading. And now the sister cannot be in that branch again. I am not even saying that the sister is innocent, but you have to suffer for a greater good and god himself will fight for you are you going to fight everything everything you see to be in the ministry you need a deaf dumb and blind spirit if you don't develop that you can't survive hallelujah you are too alive die die if you don't die god has to kill you like when he met moses but if you die the bible says i'm crucified with christ for some of us, Christ has died, but we, we are not crucified with him. We were just watching on, but we never went through our own crucifixion. And because of that, we haven't progressed in our love And when you look at the effect of that, a whole church being destroyed, and then your emotional comfort, which one should you choose? The fact that you are suffering doesn't mean you should misbehave. When you are suffering and your things come, begin to count 20 so that... You will become normal. <laughs> Hallelujah. So then the sister has to be advised oh, go ahead and join another branch. And as much as, you know, I understand, maybe it was a bit overboard, you were really feeling it, but self control is also a fruit of the Spirit. And the more you allow the Holy Ghost to indwell you, you will be able to have self control. But many of us, when our anger, And our things are stirred up, that's it. And because of that, as women, we destroy so much. We create divisions in the church. Everybody has a camp and your camp does not believe this camp and this camp. does. But to the men, we are all a congregation. But you know that you have five battalions in the congregation. You know it. Let brotherly love continue. It will discontinue because people will rub you the wrong way. It will discontinue because people will be unfair. It will discontinue because people will not treat you the way they should treat you. You will be tempted to let it discontinue. But remember that the Bible says, let allow brotherly love. To go. When you fall down, get up, clean yourself, continue to walk on. The Lord will bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Love can be. Discontinued. Love constrains. The features of love is that love constrains. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter five. Love constrains. Oh, I pray that the Lord is healing us and helping us to walk on. Second Corinthians five. 2 Corinthians 5.14, for the love of Christ constrains us. My version says, the love of Christ controls us. Love has a controlling power. Hallelujah, the love of Christ controls us. I want you to turn to the lady next to you and say, what controls you? Some of us, we are controlled by our emotions. Some of us, we are controlled by our tongues. Some of us, we are controlled by our bad thoughts. Some of us, we are controlled by what emotions, whatever comes anger, but the love of God controls us. Hallelujah. Can the love you see your love for God will be so much that it will make you sober, your love for God will be so much that it will make you choose the right path, your love for God will be so much that it will affect the way you behave. The love for God will be so much that it will give you a pure heart. The love of God constrains us. New American standard, the love of God controls. Some of us are uncontrollable. Your husband cannot control you. God also cannot control you. The word of God cannot control you. Good counsel cannot control you. And I know a lady like that. Every time at 3 a.m., when she has problems, my phone will ring. I've told you this story before. And nowhere to hey, hey. as soon as I hear the tears, I know. In the beginning, I didn't know, so I said, Who is this? Who is speaking? Speak, what's your name? Tell me hey. throughout. out. Then the person would just hang up. That's all. Then when I come to church or whatever, the husband will call me. My wife called you at three a.m. Ah. So it was your wife. Later when I got to know it was her, but it still didn't make her speak. <laughs> very dramatic, crying. On the phone. And always at ungodly hours, you know. So I tried to bring her close. Said, look, look at the word. It's true. You know, her husband was also very hot-tempered. So I would call him and I'd say that, you two, your temper is not good. The Bible says that any man who can control himself is better than one who can rule a city. So try. You know, don't just whatever. Lady Pastor, it's true. But the provocation, too, is not easy. And the wife looked very quiet. And, you know, so every time people would look, he it says, It's a man. This woman, she cannot even harm a fly. But it wasn't so. So one day, the wife went to report him at Waju. And he had recorded. What happened? And the wife didn't know. So when he played the thing to me, I couldn't believe it. The wife was insulting. The insults, I could not repeat them. So wild. And then he started to run after her towards the gates. And as they were going, she tripped and fell and hit her head. Then she went to report to Waju that the man has beaten me. May I have this card? Okay. You are married, you can have so many other problems. But I used to tell her, you know, when your emotions come so much, what about God's word? Does it occur to you, you know? I said, you used to be so faithful. Tuesday service, ministry, all that sharpens you and makes you a better, but you, you don't seem to come anymore. So when I have problems, I don't come to church the husband told me, lady pastor, what attracted me to my wife was that she was working in the tapes department. So I assumed that because of that, she likes tapes. When I married her, I saw that it's not so at all. You know, but I spoke to her many times. Oh, come. Let's talk. You know, things can be better. Whatever, but at a stage in her marriage, I couldn't get her. When I call her, come, she doesn't come. I say at church, are you coming soon? I'm downstairs. She won't come. Do you want to come and see saki She won't come. It was always the man coming, coming. So it never got anywhere. Right. Then they filed for divorce. And before the thing could go through, I called the man. I said, look, this is not of God. So don't divorce. If anything, at all, you are separated now. With time, you can be talking, healing can come. And incidentally, when the case was even in court, I was going somewhere. I saw the two of them. These arch enemies, that's for married people, you should never say their matter. (laughs) So I just waved, you know. But later in the evening, I called the husband, I said, you said, I don't want to see her again. What happened? So, lady pastor, I was buying petrol and then she also came to buy petrol and so, you know, I I spoke to her and then I said, so let's go home and then when we went home. When we went home, then she said, so what have you been eating? And then whatever, we ended up in the bedroom. So lady pastor, she has been visiting me every day she goes back. (laughs) She said, let your wife come. I want to speak to her, whatever. She was very quiet. She doesn't say much. But she's not controlled by anything and anybody. No pastor could advise. No pastor could speak. And when I told the guy, Put your thing on hold. Go and tell your wife that I said that the divorce is not going to come on. And that you people, even though you are separated, should try and make up. So you we went to see the wife. Well, oh, this is what sister is saying. What do you also think? I don't have any uh, thought about it. Why? Well, do what you want to do and that also did not help. So on and on. I know now, I feel, that she wanted her marriage, but she was not prepared. To pay any price. It not even the, or to compromise. It's like, how I am, that's how I am. In my pride and in my, I wouldn't even come for us to sit down to talk. Whatever he has said, he has said. And I also destroy him with my tongue. So, he even divided the pastoral friends because this one knows the story and this one knows the story. And this one is on the wife's side and this one is on the husband's side because of lack of control. The church that you are under cannot control you. The pastors who are, whom you are under cannot control you. Your husband you are married to cannot control you. The word of God cannot control you. So what can control you? But love is something that holds you back. When you become like those people, ma ila, ma ila, ma ila, then love says, come, it's okay. It's all right. More true she, love controls you. Amen love has the ability to control but some of us when we set the church of God on fire it will burn when we set our pastors on fire they will burn when we set our ministries on fire and then after that our own lives are affected and we sit in the midst of it how did these ashes come it came with your fire of your tongue hallelujah love controls why would it need to control? It means that sometimes we get out of hand. Isn't it? Sometimes we overstep our boundaries. Sometimes our flesh manifests as if we are not even born again. But God's love will pull you back. So don't do that. Let it go. Offenses, it is but impossible that offenses should come. But you are offended, it's true, but let it go. I will heal you. You should be somebody that can be spoken to the Bible says the wisdom from above is easy to be entreated, but some of us, we cannot be entreated about anything. I will leave this church. I'm leaving the way the pastor did it. I'm leaving the way my husband did this. I'm leaving Pastor, the pain. I think, I don't think I'll ever, 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 ever overcome it. Are you the healer when you get a wound? Are you the one who heals it? Do you sit by it and fan it so that it will be healed? There's a healer when we have wounds. And we should not get into the business of becoming healers ourselves. Because God is a healer. And when you get a wound, God will heal you. Hallelujah. Love controls us. Before I was saying here, yeah, the love of God constrains me. It makes me want to do what is right. It makes me want to preach. It makes me... What does the love of God do in your life? I mean, this meeting, I won't go. When I go, they'll just say, love your husband. love," your, And all that annoys me. Nothing controls you. You are out of control. And if you are out of control, you are just about to blow up. Anything that's out of control, lawlessness, rebellion, it just goes from one thing to another. Hallelujah. So may we recognize when we become out of control, or we start to walk on that way, in that way. Hallelujah. Now, lady pastor, you have talked about all these things. What are the benefits of my walking in love? What are the benefits of my walking in love? John chapter 14, verse 22 to 23. John 14, 22 to 23. Let's read from 21 so that we read in context. In context. Are we there? If you are not there, shout, wait for me. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me shall be loved by my father. And I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him. Hallelujah. In verse 21, Jesus says that literally, if you love me, obey my commandments, isn't it? That's what we are told. And he says that he who loves me shall be loved by my father. I thought that God loved all of us already. But this is an additional love. It is beyond the love of salvation. And when we love God, he also will love you back. Hallelujah. He who loves me shall be loved by my father. And I will love him. And I will manifest myself. Could it be that you are not seeing God? Because you don't love him back. Hallelujah. He says, my father will love him, number one. I will also love him and I will manifest. New American Standard says, I will disclose. Many of us, we don't know him because we don't love him. It is beneficial to us to love God. Because when we love him, he will disclose himself to us. Sometimes when you go to, through a situation, don't you want God to disclose himself to you? Don't you want him to even explain a little or give you some insight or some wisdom? Sometimes it's even only counsel you need. You have two right things, a oh God, which one should I do? You have two wrong things, a oh Lord, how should I go about it? He said that he will be loved by my father. I will love him and then we will manifest ourselves to him. Oh, the great things we lose by now we're walking in love. Hallelujah, great benefits that don't come to us because we do not walk in love and verse twenty three says that if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him, apart from manifesting himself with you. Him. I thought that God dwelt in everybody, but he says, that, "If you love me, I will come and make my abode." My permanent residence will be in you. That's where I will live. Hallelujah. It means that the converse is true. If we don't love him, he moves far away from us. Because God is love. And if there's no love, then God is not. Amen. So he will stay as far away from you as possible. And he will not come and make his abode in you. Because your love work is not real. The Bible also says, that, how do you say you love me and you don't love your brother? So it's a chain thing. Love of the father, love of the son, love of the brethren. Hallelujah. And some of us, we even pick and choose those whom we should love. We love only those who can do things for us. We love only those whom we see as influential. We love only those whom we feel have been good to us. But the Bible says, love your enemies. It is not a suggestion, it's a command. Jesus said, "And this commandment I give you, that you love one another. It's a commandment. A commandment is different from a, a discretionary something. You may do it. So it says, that you love one another. Hallelujah. It is a commandment. And many of us, it's a commandment, but we still do what we like. We don't listen to him. We don't look at what he thinks. If he likes, you should go far away. Even to make an abode in us, it's not even our desire. It's coming to live in me. Congestion. You should just be somewhere. I'll also be my somewhere. But if God manifested Himself to us, how different our lives would be. Hallelujah. John 16 27. John 16 27. Is there a 27? Yeah. John 16 27. For the father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the father. Amen. For the father himself loves you because you have loved me. Hallelujah. That buttresses the first point. The father himself, not his angels, not his messengers, but the father himself loves you because you have loved me. When you love God, it attracts a certain special love from God. And if God loves you, how many enemies can you not withstand? If God loves you, it doesn't matter who hates you. Hallelujah. In such a people look at you and say, Ah, your life is blessed. Why is that you, whatever you do, works? Why is it that you, whatever what door you go to, it opens? Perhaps you should check out the person's love life. Because the love life may be an answer. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3, 17 and 18. Don't worry, we'll be ending soon. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 3, 17 and 18. Paul was praying for the Ephesian church. He says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Amen. Amen. It says that when you are rooted and grounded in love, you will be able to understand what is the length and depth and height and breadth. It means that when you are not rooted in love, you can't understand the dimensions of God's love. Hallelujah. So you deny yourself. Of being able to comprehend what is the length and breadth and height and depth by not working in love. Amen. Amen. And in verse 19, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. Why? So that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. If you know the love of God that surpasses knowledge, if you allow God to work his love in you, you come to the place where you are filled with all the fullness of God. Hey, isn't that mind blowing? I feel that many of us have not become what God wants us to be because of our faulty love work, And that's why we are not filled with all the fullness of God. God is all powerful, all knowing, never needy, having everything, the epitome of wisdom, the epitome of power. Everything, you are going to be filled with the fullness of God. I thought that it will come when you speak 30 hours in tongues. I thought that it will come when you fast for 30 days. But the Bible says that being filled with all the love of God. Then you are filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. We don't experience God much because our love work is shallow. We don't know the fullness of God. We know only God partially. We don't know him in a deep way. We are not enjoying our Christian work. We are frustrated, we are tired, we are weary because we don't allow ourselves to know the love of God, which surpasses all knowledge. And even when we read it, we don't believe that it surpasses all knowledge. We believe more in knowledge than in love. You have to pass your exams, pass your orals, but love, Because it's not really, the heart is not seen. So you can be anywhere and anyhow. But the fullness of God will change our lives. Hallelujah. And I think that the devil knows that. And we don't know what love does to our lives. So we just follow our emotions. But the devil knows. And so he stops us from walking in love. Hallelujah. 1 John 4 verse 16. 1 John 4 and 16. Love is gain, you know. And we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. The one who abides in love abides in God. Your living place is in Christ, in God. And not only that, as you are in him, he's also in you. I thought that that was a promise that you have immediately, we get born again. But I think that there are higher steps. That as we remain in love, God abides in us. And we abiding. When you abide in God, the circumstances around you don't matter. When you abide in God, you are emotionally stable. You are not on a yo-yo, up, down, up, down. My husband did this, my husband did this. Never happy, never content, up and down, up. Check your love walk. You are probably not abiding in God. And God is also not abiding in you. And lastly, Matthew chapter 19 verse 16. Matthew 19 verse 16. And behold, one came to him and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? You have much opportunity To labor in it And it wastes your energy It wastes your resources It stops you from moving on And it makes the enemy triumph Like Hannah When Penina sings you cry Every day Penina sings you cry Who is in charge of your life Is it you or Penina Hallelujah That's another message altogether Breaking the cycle of control Amen. When Penina does this, she sang a song. She, but if you decide, her song singing, I don't care. Her poem, I don't care. Her dancing in front of me, I have not seen. In fact, when she dances, I also dance with her. So that we are all in the same flow. God wisdom to deal with some of these things. Hallelujah. And it makes you accommodating. And you genuinely... No not, not, not next because you deal with them and you move on. You see, and also you see a higher calling. So, ah, I have a lot of things to do. Pastoral care. This I'm now coming to call my and say, Look, the way you shake your waist when you pass by me. I will also shake so that I'll join join you. No, I will not lower myself to join you. I will go for the higher calling. <laughs> Amen. I will go for the higher calling. You will pull me into the choir, I will not participate, because it takes two. Amen. Right? If this one does, then you also do. In Ghana, is there a choir called Ochoko Bila or something? Is it a profane word? Okay. But they do it. It's just like when you do, then so now when they say she says I say, where did you learn that from? And they will do their eyes. Now they won't even open it. Hey. My boys don't do that. When they are quarreling, they don't do... But the girls, it's different. Our things are different, I tell you. And the boys can tease and tease and tease. But after that, they've moved on. They're okay. But then, you know, say, like yesterday afternoon, then when he did a I, I would... Hey! I said, sister, I have the I have the problem. I have the problem. The forces and I will come yeah. you can't want you know, wanting for uses I will be. Why not, you know, sir, can't breathe. I be a minister and I'm tattooed. Are you, sir? You got to be, be a rat, for I will Why not, be, I have and I you say. can I and Can I, and this is, take a match to, so for the the one, so I'm the ball in And that's it. The kidnapped. I'm come, come. Look at us. He just fall to. the law. Break. truth, you left. But look at me. Be a red shoe. that. My eyes. Man, you don't. How come this ice to like that is to fight. That's what need to be. Come, come. To yourself. Fight with. Love. I go. Thank you. I suppose that I can I'm I for your heart, be present. Because even in the and you have cross, he in the this <laughs> I do Not see. I do my eyes. As for them, to pull bully, come, come, i get. Oh, this child. Pray for the broken distance. for your part. Be present because other in the physical will, I will have heal, will, oh God. In the this word I've not I pray healing of marriages. I don't want to think, oh, I will accept the man and his child. I make for each other, oh God. I pray for a new beginning as always, oh God. And I pray for strength to walk in love in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> And please sit down. There's one prayer I want us all to pray about our love work. Second Thessalonians three verse five. Second Thessalonians three verse five. It is a prayer that we can pray. We can pray Philippians one nine that your love may increase in all knowledge and wisdom. Then 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 5 is also a prayer that you and I can pray because you know your love will be tested every day, every day, every time day in and out as you walk on but the Lord will keep us if only we are willing and obedient we'll eat of the good of the land Amen are we there? and may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of Christ of, of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. God can direct our hearts into the love of God. And into the steadfastness. Steadfastness means being stable. Being dependable at the same pace. You know, not that you fly up and you fly down. You go here. And you... May God direct your hearts into the love of God. And into the steadfastness. Your love work must be steadfast, unmovable, unwavering into the steadfastness of Christ. And I pray that as we leave here this afternoon, this message will not leave us. And please keep off any boxing rings in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.